Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Vikings Report. He's Fred. I'm Lamont. She's on Esther. Uh, Liz is is either Julio or Rolo. Uh, my dad could never make out who's who was who, so he just called started calling both of them Rolio. Drew Bunting, how are you? <laughs> Remember Rolo? <laughs> Huge part of my childhood. Me and my brother would howl at that show. Yeah, it was it, it was hands down my dad's favorite show. That well, Red, that or Hogan's Heroes. What about Red Fox and Esther? Oh, it's great. Just, just a great back, show. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Tunsis, how are you? I'm doing so good now that I know we don't have to look at Sean Payton's stupid face anymore <laughs> this year. He got thrown into the Sanford and Son junk pile yesterday, didn't he? Yes, he did, and I'm very happy. Oh, man, that's great. So we've got a, a really big shoe, as Ed Sullivan used to say way back in the day. But kind of this segment, I'm really kind of digging. We started it last week. Is is behind Drew, over his right shoulder, he has a jersey of a former Viking great. Drew, who, who do we have tonight? Tonight, we are featuring the great Robert Smith. And don't say it. I know you're going to say it during this segment. I don't want you to mention that school. Uh, we're going to try to get through the segment without – just go ahead and say it. He went to Ohio State. For <laughs> sake, man. Why am I even trying to say it myself? He went to Ohio State. One of the greatest Vikings to ever play, Mr. Robert Smith, just the smoothest running, long-striding runner back you could ever you could ever imagine. He's one of my favorite people to watch play. Uh, he had eight, eight seasons, I believe, here with the Vikings. Most productive was the year that – his last year which was kind of strange. He had 1,521 yards in 2000, and then that was it for him in the NFL. But, uh, man, six-time Viking leading rusher, just a great, great football player. And the greatest memory, I don't know about you, it probably had to be the one-shoe run against Pittsburgh. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. I, I remember a, a huge game he had in, I think it was 1998, against the Bears at Soldier Field. He had a couple big... I can't remember if it was a, a pass out of the backfield and a big run, but that was like the first game I had seen the Vikings that year. Cause I was like overseas for a good part of that season. I didn't come home until October. I think it was. He had 170 yards rushing a touchdown. He had a 72 yard run. That was just beautiful, man. It was just a, a total just pulling away from everybody. He was, he was just a phenomenal. When he retired, he was the Vikings all-time leading rusher. He had passed the, the great spin doctor, Mr. Chuck Foreman, I believe. He's still second all time in Viking rushing yards with 6,818, uh, 38 total touchdowns, 33 on the ground. Very, very solid ball carrier when it came to turning the ball over also. In fact, in 1,600 carries, he had nine fumbles. And if you wanted to compare that to Adrian Peterson had 2,600 touches, he had 39 fumbles. Wow. And Robert Smith had about 1,600 touches and he had nine fumbles and granted that's a thousand more touches that adrian had but i think in a thousand touches robert smith wasn't putting it on the ground 30 more times yeah and i you know i think didn't adrian peterson have like nine fumbles in one year it sure seems like it or he it was close i didn't think robert smith run ran he was more of a glider it was like he was he was oh. gliding on ice on ice on ice skates you could put a cup of coffee on top of that guy's head and a little saucer he could run 80 yards and take the coffee out, not spill a drop in the end zone, have a sip. <laughs> he was the smoothest was. runner I've ever seen out of the backfield. And people say, oh, you retired early, which you probably did in football standards, but 
you know, a guy wants to do something else with his life. You gotta, you gotta respect that. He kind of always swam against the current. I, I mean, in Ohio state, uh, he was there from 90 to 92 and he didn't play the 1991 season. I don't know if you remember that, but he sat out because he was a pre-med guy and John Cooper. And I, I think maybe the position coach, I can't remember exactly one of the, uh, you need to quit studying and come do football. And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm not, I, I got to go study. So he actually quit. And then his second year, he attended Ohio state on a track and field scholarship. And then he came back his third year and then went to the NFL. Robert Smith, one of the greatest Vikings ever, man. I'm glad to have his jersey up today and talk a little bit about him. It's always good to uh, reminisce about some of these older players. And we're not always going to have old, old players. We're going to have modern-day players, too, because we know you got that young audience out there. They want to keep track of their players, too. And we're here to give it give it our all. All right. So uh, that closes the book on, on Robert Smith. Great Viking. Uh, great Buckeye. Because, yes, he went to Ohio State. Um <laughs> But before I, I want to tell you what we have coming up, because you're thinking, well, how can you guys do a show every week with uh, the season essentially over for the Vikings? Well, we've got a lot of draft stuff coming up. When we start getting into the draft after the Super Bowl, we're going to do uh, a position group a week, and we're going to talk some draft picks. We're going to talk some potential free agents. We're going to talk any Vikings free agents that we may or may not want back. We, we talked about them real briefly a couple shows ago, but we're really going to going to hit it hard on whether or not we want them back. And it's all going to culminate, folks. Love to, I'd love to make this announcement. How When's it going to culminate, Drew? What are we going to do? On April 29th, when we have our big party with the live draft coverage. We're going live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. If we, if we can give enough money to the FCC to allow it. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll be live on our YouTube channel, Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. And we are going to have a special guest, one Mr. Christopher Gates, my old boss from the SB Nation Minnesota Vikings site, the Daily Norseman. He'll be joining us. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be live on the air Thursday night for the entire first round. We'll be on a little bit before then. We'll figure out exactly what time it'll be, but uh, I'm really, really looking forward to doing that that live show, Drew and, and Tunes. I hope you guys are too. Oh, it's going to be a riot. We have a game that we played last year. Remember that draft game we had? Yes. Gates yes. played with us, I think. I don't know who won that thing. So we're going to be doing a little uh, rematch with that, and we'll be live, so you'll be able to join in. You'll be able to join in with the first-round picks. We're going to have prizes. We're going to have it all. We're going to have a hell of a night. And we want you to be there with us. Yeah. April we, 29th. Love for as many people to join us as you can. So I, it was announced right before, just a couple hours before we we fired up the uh, the computers. And Tom Pelissero tweeted out, and Drew, you're the expert on this. So you tell me what's going to, how this is going to shake out. But the NFL uh, informed clubs that the 2021 scouting combine officially is changing formats for a source. There will be no in-person workouts. There's going to be pro days on campus instead, which is it's kind of been trending that way for a few years anyways. But all the interviews and psychological testing and all that are going to be virtual. There's going to be limited in-person medical exams, and that won't happen likely until early April. And uh, Tom Pellicero finished off the tweet with a whole new world. So, Drew, how does that affect wow. how does that affect scouting and drafting and draft boards and all that? You're the draft expert. I think what it, it really is going to affect all of us guys who follow, who do the in-depth draft research, the combine is a huge part of it. Cam Akers, I had him as my eighth ranked running back. And then I watched his performance at the combine. I put him all the way up to number two last year. So in terms of the people doing the draft research, it's huge for us because uh, even though it's limited coverage on TV and I'm not actually there because I don't think the league wants me there for some reason. They hate Drew. It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. 
Leave it on a doorstep and get the hell out of here. <laughs> but but for me, it, it it does affect when you're researching these guys. You know, it really affects the players even more. Take a guy like Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois. Jeremy Chin drastically improved his draft status with his combine performance last year. One of the best combines I've ever seen. In the measurables, all the drills, the guy was killing it. Cam Akers in the drills, he imp- he he improved his draft status. Adam Troutman, the tight end from Dayton, how much he improved his draft status with his killer combine. So it does affect these players and where they're going to be drafted too. If you have a really good combine, that can shoot you up from the fourth round to the first or second. So it's going to be weird. It is a weird world because you just going to have to go without it and probably give Spielman another built-in excuse to give the draft falls to <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you that. So, so this is going to really – put a lot of emphasis on watching film and determining whether or not what you see on film can translate to what you do for your team. Does it not? Absolutely does. Absolutely does. And let's not forget because of COVID, a lot of these college players, they opted out. So the footage you're looking at from them is actually two years ago. There's a lot of guys, whether they're blue chippers or mid round guys that took the year off not only are you not going to have a combine, you're going to have to go back a couple of years to look at the footage they had. It's, it's going to be a lot tougher. To, the evaluations are going to be a lot harder this year. Wow. It's going to be interesting for sure. But we'll be, we'll be there live April 29th, first round. And we'll do the whole thing. It will be unscripted as we do everything <laughs> unscripted. And as you notice by watching this show, we're, we're also pretty unprepared. So between un, unprepared and unscripted, it's going to be a wild time, Ted Glover. So we may not know anything, but at least we won't be ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for tonight's show, we got a really big show, a really big show coming up tonight. Uh, we've got some Vikings talk. We're going to talk about uh, Dalvin Cook and then a big personnel move in the Vikings front office this week. Um, and then some, some things we think we might be able to do to fix the Vikings. We're going to move on to the NFL, get a quick recap of, of the divisional playoff round. And we're going to, we're going to hit on one team in particular um, and, and do another maybe compare and contrast with the Vikings. And then from there, we're going to move to Toons' Trivia. And then uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty for the playoff picks. And then we'll we'll wrap up the show. So, are we ready? We are ready. Rep to Joe. All righty. Let's go then. So, the first thing, Dalvin Cook. Let me pull up the tweet here. Uh, Dalvin Cook was named out of the first team by the Pro Football Writers of America on the All-NFL team and the All-NFC team, the only Viking to get such an honor. Well done, Dalvin Cook, and I think it was a, uh, an award quite warranted. Drew? Absolutely warranted. 3,661 yards in 43 games. I know he's had his injury problems, but all that aside, Dalvin Cook has been the real deal. He is eighth all-time on the franchise rushing list with his 3,661 yards. And if he gets 886 more yards, he will move into fifth place, passing three running back legends of the Minnesota Vikings. Do you know those three, Ted Glover? Dave Osborne? He will pass Dave uh, Osborne. Was... That's one. Ted Brown? He will pass Ted Brown. Uh, who's the third guy? Darren Nelson. He will pass Darren, oh, Darren Nelson, Nelson. Yeah, okay. Dave Osborne and Ted Brown and move into fifth all time. Um, the guy's an amazing player. I really have enjoyed watching Dalvin Cook when he's been healthy and been able to play. He deserves everything. He deserves all the awards. He was our MVP this year. Yeah. You know, you I, I agree. And, you know, we talked about Robert Smith at the top of the show. 
there, there's some similarities between Cook and Smith. They, you know, I don't know if a lot of people don't remember, but but Robert Smith, he was drafted. I think he was a first round pick out of the Vikings in '93. He had a little bit of injury history at Ohio State, and then he had some fairly significant injuries early on in his Vikings career until like '96 or '97, I think it was, when he finally got healthy and we could see what he could do. And those guys run. I, I would say Cook is a little bit more of a violent runner, but they're both silky smooth when they have the ball running in the open field. Robert Smith ended with what 32 rushing touchdowns and Dalvin Cook has 33. So they're right there pretty much neck and neck, even though uh, Smith played 98 games for the Vikings. And like I said, Dalvin Cook's only played 43. So the different, a lot of games in difference, but uh, both of them have the one thing you want from your running back. You can house it to the pay dirt every time they touch the ball. And that's either running the ball or catching out of the backfield and both yeah, Cook is, is a phenomenal uh, pass receiver, and as was Robert Smith. I thought he was very, very good at doing that as well. I thought Robert Smith was really poorly underused as a receiver. I mean, he only had yeah. about 1,300 yards in his career. That's, that's not a lot. I don't think the Vikings used him enough as a receiver. No, um, but, you know, they also had guys like Anthony Carter and Chris Carter and then Randy Moss. His, true. I mean – and they had, you know, Andrew Glover was a pretty decent pass catching tight end back then. And it's funny you mentioned Smith being underutilized. I we talked the other last show or a couple shows ago how Dalvin Cook might be being overutilized. I mean, they're using him awful lot. Three hundred and fifty six touches. I don't even think that counts God. the last game. He had a lot of touches, man. So Jeez, yeah, I don't even know. We were seven and nine. I'd hate this. I don't even know if we win three games without Dalvin Cook last year. To be honest, yeah, with I you. agree. Yeah. I, so, so, you know, there's some bright spots in the Vikings. You know, we we've kind of been fairly negative, but Dalvin Cook. We talked JJ Jefferson last week or Justin Jefferson last week. There, there's some pieces the Vikings have that they can they can build around and and hopefully you know get back to their winning ways. And Dalvin Cook is certainly one of them. So, the other big news in Vikings land, George Payton. It's P A T O N pronounced. Peyton, not no relation to Walter um, or Eddie for that matter. Or Sean. Or Sean. Thank, and we can all be thankful for that. A- after years and years of being the assistant GM for the Vikings and interviewing for three or four jobs, it seems every offseason, he finally left and took a job to become the general manager for the Denver Broncos. So, first of all, congratulations, George Peyton. Best of luck, uh, except when you play the Vikings. And um, here's what current Vikings general manager Rick Spielman had to say about it. He said, we're going to stay status quo in terms of, of filling Peyton's position. I know I have a lot of very talented people in this building. It's a hard void to fill. It'll give me an opportunity to see some of our people fill that void. So, Go ahead, Drew. What are your thoughts on that? At the, <laughs> so at the end of the season, we can wait. We can put, there was no combine. <laughs> COVID, we're, we're still going to use COVID as an excuse? We lost George Payton. That'll be number two. And number three, I'll come up with number three tomorrow. Okay. All righty. How long was he here? What, what 12 years or something? What was yeah, 12, stop? 14 years. He was he was with the Vikings a very long time. So how in-depth was the decision-making he was involved with? I mean, what? There was more than one person associated with or close to the Vikings that said that George Payton was the best evaluator of talent in the building. So take that information for what it's worth. And they're not going to, and they're not going to fill that void before the draft coming off a seven and nine season. You know, we're just going to, we're just going to kind of wing it. See how it goes. Uh, The guy was great at evaluating talent, but we're not going to worry about filling that spot. 
Hey, give me a drink. <laughs> Every time you read me some of these tweets or these things that they, they always they're very not reassuring, Ted. No, they're not. Hit me with some assuring ones that say, yeah, we're going to be badass and kick some balls next year. We're going to win the NFC North. Where are those messages? Why don't you read me those messages? I don't ever hear any of those messages. I just hear, we're going to be, I don't know what we're going to do. I can't do it because they're not there. (laughs) I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're not going to worry about filling that role. Doesn't it seem like there's not much of a sense of urgency? With the Vikings, it doesn't seem at all like there's any like they're they're playing the cool cat card. I mean, if there are two guys that are 100% sure they're not getting fired anytime soon, it's Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, based on the way they've been talking since the end of the season. I have a little bit of a theory on on when we talk, how do they talk themselves into another year? I got a little bit of a theory on it, and I could probably put it in words in less than a minute, so I don't bore everybody at home. Go for it. I mean, I was right about the the Urban Meyer thing, wasn't I? Dead on accurate. You I was right about the Doug Peterson thing, wasn't you I? You nailed you nailed the whole Doug Peterson situation in Philly. I think Zimmer went in there and said, Sit down, Zig, I need to talk to you. And I think he played this card because all of us are wondering how did he buy another year? I think Zimmer came at him pretty hard and said, Listen, when I got here in 2014, you guys were shit. I came in here, I built that defense. I got us an identity. I got us rolling in the right direction. We took that all the way to the title game in 2017. I did that. I built that, and I deserved a chance to build it again. From me, I'm the guy. You had Barr and Bridgewater, Jarek McKinnon. You got those guys, and you got Hunter and Kendricks. He drafted Stephon Diggs. He was he was hitting with a bunch of people. He built the team back up. So I think he said. We may be down right now, but when you were down and I came here in 2014, I'm the one who, who moved it around. I'm the one who changed it. It was me. I was the head coach, and I deserve another shot. And as he's telling both this, Spielman's sitting there with popcorn nodding. <laughs> and I think Zimmer came at him like that. that. I think that's how he sold him on it. It was crap when I got here. I built it. it let me. I deserve a chance to build it again. That's all I have. That's all I can come up with. Did you, did you watch Bugs Bunny cartoons when you were a kid? Dude, I watched Underdog Oswald. I still watch him. Do you remember the one cartoon where there was this like this big, huge, mean-looking dog and this little yippy dog? Yeah. The big dog was called Spike, and yeah. it was like Spielman was talking. Yeah, yeah, Spike, you tell him, Spike. Yeah, 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 Spike, you tell him. That's, That's right, right, Spike, you tell him. Hey, you want I should dig up some bones for you? Anything you say, Spike? Because you and me is pals. That's right, isn't it, Spike? That was on Tom and Jerry, dude. Yes. <laughs> That, that's the only thing I can come up with is they backed, instead of taking the route of, oh, I'm sorry and all this, Zimmer went on the attack and said, listen, when I got here, this was a mess. You need me to fix it. And you know, well, if you just oh, okay, let's. You yeah. want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. What other angle could he use? I mean, he can't use his press conferences. They're terrible. I mean, b- between him saying seven and nine was the best we could have done, and and this, you know, this quote by Spielman saying, you know, we're just basically going to remain stay status quo. When you add in all the 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 weirdness of this off season, I don't think it's going to be as bad. I think they're going to be able to do OTAs and mini camps and all that. But this is arguably the most important draft for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman because if if they don't hit this draft and and this team tanks again. They're gonna get. They're gonna get fired. I mean, I I think they should be gone now, but they're not going. They're staying. So that's it. Is what it is. They're gonna be the coach and the GM for 2021. 
But if they don't have a good season, they're not going to be back. So I, I would think they would be hustling like nobody's business to try and start working. And I'm sure they're working hard, but it just they're just not giving off that vibe like they are at all. Now, if you play Wilf on the other side of the desk, he says, listen, sit down. I'm all, I believe everything you say, but are you that same guy that yeah. came in here in 2014? That would be a fair question back to Zimmer. That's a great, that is a great point because I agree. I don't think he is. I think, you know, that, that guy that was willing to give up the eyesight in his right eye for this football team, that passion or that desire is not what it was. I absolutely hundred percent agree. And a guy that wanted to kick Jeff Fisher's ass for taking a cheap shot at his quarterback. I'll maintain this until the day I die. If at the end of that game, if Zimmer had gotten his team together, he said, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the 50 yard line and I'm going to, I'm going to deck Jeff Fisher with an uppercut. And then it's go time. You pick a guy and you don't leave the field until they're crippled. Everybody would have been in. They'd have done it. And the Rams would still be in the hospital here somewhere in in Minneapolis. Friggin' Warriors movie. That, that, (laughs) come on, play. (laughs) I mean, that, that. (laughs) Come that, yeah. <laughs> Warriors come out to play. I mean, that's a great one. And I'm a you guys, tootsies. I'm a commercial hater, dude. I volume down all the I can't they anger me. That one I replay. Yeah. You like I, the parental life ones? The what? The, the, the guy telling, you know, new homeowners not to act like your parents. <laughs> Those are hysterical. They're all hysterical. Every single one. We all see it. We <laughs> all see it. It's blue. His hair is blue. Got blue hair. Got blue hair. We all see it. He has blue hair. Okay. Blue. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents. All right. So with that, earlier in the week, uh, Judd Zolgad, who is, he, he was a longtime beat reporter for the Star Tribune covering the Vikings. He moved over to radio. He's now on score North. He came up with these uh, short-term moves to fix the Vikings five short-term moves. Now we have to go with the realistic ones. We're not going to do the, you know, fire Zimmer and Spielman. We're going to deal with reality. So I'll just, I'll just sort of rattle them off and, and we can just kind of go off thing. Number one, cut Kyle Rudolph, tight end Kyle Rudolph it gives you $5 million in, in salary cap savings. You, you on board with that move or not? I am on board with that move. Yeah, I mean, I just his his production has just gone down. His his salary for twenty twenty one is getting going to be astronomical. It's time for Irv Smith to move into full time taking that position over. Yeah, I, I think he's more than capable of of being able to to do the job. So that's that's thing number one. Thing number two, I think the Vikings need to get a legitimate wide receiver three in free agency, and we'll we'll talk about all that later and and who that could be, but. Drew, I, I don't know about you, brother, but after Thielen and Justin Jefferson, oh. I, I'm sick of, I mean, it's like year 12 now of Ola B.C. Johnson breaking out, and he just he just hasn't. I, I think they need a legit guy yeah. to help yeah. take the pressure off those two. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, signing Tajay Sharp isn't going to get us excited again. You know what we're going to find that guy? We're going to find him in the draft. You think so? Yeah, there's some, I mean, last year's class was really good at wide out, probably the best class we've had in 20 years, but this is no slouch this year. There are, we're going to, we're going to land our guy. I think, I think we could find him in the draft. Mid-round guy. You think like third, fourth, fifth round or where? where Yeah. I I think the other areas are way more pressing for the Vikings positionally speaking, but uh, I think we could land a guy that's maybe like a DD Westbrook, somebody how he was in Oklahoma. One of those guys that's not exactly a big star name, like, you know, the kid for Alabama that caught all that yardage the other day. I've never heard of him. 
And uh, don't know, um, I don't know who you're talking about. But, I, yeah, I'm not. Anybody after Thielen and Justin Jefferson, they're all like the same guy, aren't they? Yeah. I mean. And they're all terrible. They're all. <laughs> all right, we agree on that then. <laughs> um, I think they absolutely have to get two legitimate starting interior linemen, starting guards. Um, you're not leaving Cleveland over there then? I, no, I well, I'll tell you what. Okay, let's move to this one then. I, I think they're going to cut Riley Reef, which is an eleven million dollar cap savings, and that's happening. That's going to happen. I, I, I mean, some people are saying restructure. I, they did him dirty right at the end of camp last year. It was restructure, get cut. I think if the Vikings ask him to restructure this year, he's going to say no, and they're going to cut him, and they're going to move Ezra Cleveland to tackle. You know, I mean, they only drafted him to be their left tackle of the future, then started playing him at guard last but year. He, ha- he hasn't played over there, Ted. I mean. I know. Left I know. tackle. Besides corner and quarterback in this league, left tackle is the most important position. Yeah, it you is. Know, who knows what goes on with that offensive line, dude? There's more movement around that thing than Lindsay Lohan's apartment on a weekend. <laughs> There's a lot of movement going on in that offensive line, brother. <laughs> if we do cut Reef and move Ezra Cleveland to left tackle... <laughs> That means the Vikings now need to get two starting guards, whether it's free agency or the draft. I, they they got to get two guys that are better than the human turnstile in Ezra Cleveland. You and, almost got to get them early, too. That's why they need a second-round pick. That second-round pick we don't have, we need to reacquire that so we can go get that kid from Ohio State. Did I just say that out loud? Yeah, yeah, you did. He is the best guard in this draft, and his name is escaping me right now, but Nubs, my buddy Nubs, yeah, he swears it. He swears by him. He says he's the real deal. So we do need at least one guard up early in that draft and maybe some other guy in free agency, but I am in agreement. Unless Ezra Cleveland is going to just be your guard, then you need one. But Yeah, I think they, they, need to get, they need to get two. Dakota Dozier? How do you sum up that guy, Ted? Dakota Dozier, sum it up for me. Cut him. That's how you sum up Dakota Dozier. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. God. What a what a sad lump of football player that guy is. All right, so we got our last thing to do. I think they need to get a defensive tackle, a three technique, with uh, Michael Pierce coming back next year. If they could get decent interior lineman next to Pierce, hopefully Daniil Hunter comes back and doesn't hold out like the rumor is, and, and they can maybe trade for Yannick Ngakwe again. I don't know. That'd be cool. <laughs> Whatever. But they've got to improve their defensive line. The, the Vikings pass rush, I, I, I think, was almost dead last in the league in terms of pressures and sacks. They were just horrid. It was terrible. Um, and, and they need to improve their run defense. That was bad, too. And I think that's something they're going to need to address early in the draft. So you don't see an interior defensive lineman that is currently on the roster that can help fill that spot besides Michael Pierce? No. I don't see <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. You're not laying your money at the Vegas line on uh, Jaleel Johnson anymore? No, or Jalen Holmes. That guy was so good at Iowa, Ted. That's what happens when you move your defensive line coach to deputy vice president, defensive coordinator (laughs) in charge of game planning or whatever they named Andre. Deputy vice president. (laughs) God. Just into the regional manager garbage. And that's why you have an assistant regional manager. Yes, it is. Assistant to the regional manager. Same thing. Now, you know what they got to do? They got to get DJ Dozier, Jaleel Johnson, Stefan, BC Johnson, Chad Baby. Put them all on a bus and just get rid of all those guys at the same time. So we can, that would at least get me fired up. Make a fresh start on the roster, dude. A lot of guys that they have spent 
three or four years waiting to develop that never have developed. It's over. It, yeah, it's it's, it's over. Time. It's time. Son, you're about as useful as a cock-flavored lollipop. All right, so that is our our five quick things. Cut Riley Reef, move Ezra Cleveland left tackle is our first one. Cut Kyle Rudolph, get a, a legit wide receiver three, not Tajay Sharp, who was active for all of two <laughs> games and who was like the big free. He was the big free agent signing yeah. last year. Yeah, remember that? All the posts that were being made with oh, him in purple. Oh, he's going to get five or 600 yards, and he had like two targets. He, he was never even active. He was never even active. I mean, come on. What's, what is going on? And then, but but we're going to maintain the status quo. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. So that, that should about do it for our Viking stuff. So now we need to move on to the, the NFL news. And we talked about the big news that hit with the combine today. So the divisional playoffs for this weekend, we're not getting to our picks yet. But the one thing um, I want to talk about is – the team from Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers finished the season 13 and three, and they are in the NFC championship game again, after putting a whooping to the number one ranked defense in the NFL, the Los Angeles Rams. Number one ranked defense, right? I got, I got, I got a stat to lead your whole segment in go since 1970. No team has ever rolled up 484 yards on the number one ranked defense in the postseason ever. Are you serious? First time it's ever happened in the, wow. what people call the modern era, 1970 forward. I would argue the Green Bay Packers currently sit where the Minnesota Vikings want to be, where any team in the NFC, NFL wants to be. The number one seed playing at home in the NFC championship for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And the Vikings are not. Irritating. I mean, they're not. Irritating. Let's look at what the Packers did to get here. Two years ago, they hired Matt Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. <laughs> cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. <laughs> Sorry. And in two years, Drew Bunting, mm-hmm. the Packers have gone 13 and 3, 13 and 3. So I think his overall record is now 28 and 7. So he's now 2 and 1 in the playoffs, and he's one game from the Super Bowl in his second year. In a row. In a row. Two years, two division titles, two 13 and 3 records, and now he's in the NFC Championship again. Drew, I just, you know, when the Packers made this coaching change, a lot of people thought the coach they they had at the time, Mike McCarthy, didn't deserve to get fired Mm -hmm. because Mike McCarthy had put up an impressive record. He had been, he had been the Packers coach since 2006. And in the, in the, let's see, two years leading up to him getting fired in 2016, he went to the NFC championship game, 2017, he went seven and nine, but that was that famous year. Aaron Rodgers got hurt by Anthony Barr. That was year the Vikings went to the NFC Championship. 2017, they went 7-9. and nine. 2018, he was fired after a 4-7-1 and one start. So they fired him after one injury-plagued year and then kind of a slow start the next year. And in that time, he went 125-77-2, a winning percentage of almost 62%. Wow. Yet they canned him. One record before 2018 when he got fired only had one season where he was under 500, and I believe that was 2008. So that was fairly early in his coaching tenure. Every other year, above 500, going to the playoffs. They did not hesitate to make a move. Like Jeffrey Lurie did not hesitate. Like Jeffrey Lurie did not hesitate with Doug Peterson. And look at how it's worked out for them. What are your thoughts on, on, on that whole situation between the Packers and the Vikings? 
You know, when that stuff was happening with McCarthy, there was a lot of negative stuff flowing into that organization. And, it was, you know, he started to have problems with Aaron Rodgers, whatever. A lot of things were steamrolling him at that point. Yeah. And that bad culture, you're going to get fired feeling that the Minnesota has now was there. They just came in, dude, with a machete and one clean sweep. He was losing games, and then as soon as the Rodgers thing came out where there was, I don't even know if it was true, but he doesn't get along with Mike McCarthy, I knew it was over. I thought, they're in complete disarray. The new guy's going to get rolled over, and we're going to own the NFC North. This has gone completely, complete, literally the worst way it could have gone. People that, that say, well, you can't compare Green Bay to Minnesota because they have Aaron Rodgers, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is where the, the pro cousins – crowd loses it for me because after 2017 Kirk Cousins was brought in to be your franchise guy yes and the Vikings said Kirk Cousins is the missing link for us to get to the Super Bowl right so you you can't say well they have an all they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and we've got Kirk Cousins no 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 Kirk Cousins was brought in to do exactly what Aaron Rodgers is doing and that's win football games to get the Vikings to the next level that is exactly right so you can't I'm sorry but you can't use that argument if 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 Kirk Cousins is that guy that the, the pro Cousins crowd says, well, he, he's great stats. He's got this great passer rating in the fourth quarter. And he, wh- whatever, whatever nerd numbers you want to throw at me, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What, what, what's the fight? Well, they had a bad defense. Again, doesn't matter. When, when the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010, they did it with a bad defense. Aaron Rodgers played out of his mind and went on a roll. The Packers defense is, this year is just middle of the road. It's 13, 14, 15. So they're, it's, it's nothing spectacular, but they are getting great quarterback play and great offensive production. I, I would argue the Vikings have that in them, but they don't do that. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any better of offensive weapons than Kirk Cousins does. No. I, I mean, you, you can say, well, Devontae Adams is way better than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I, I would argue if Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen were utilized the way the Packers use Devontae Adams, which is completely opposite, opposite offensive philosophy. The Packers use the pass to set up the run, and they have a very good running game. Everybody talks about the Vikings had top five this offense and top five, whatever it was, and it's in yards. They're like 11th or 12th in scoring. A lot of, the, a lot of that offensive production were like empty calories, man. It's like eating a donut. You, you don't get anything out of it. At the end of the day, you don't score points. It doesn't matter. So Maybe, maybe you don't, man, but I get a lot out of eating donuts, man. <laughs> I like maple bars. What's your donut? What's your go-to donut of choice? Uh, chocolate covered chocolate. Chocolate covered chocolate. Yeah. No, Come dude. at me, maple bro. bar. You maple bar. You're gonna pass oh, up maple. Chocolate covered chocolate. From what are you? 112. What are you, Michigan? You from I want, Michigan? <laughs> I want a, I want a cruller, but I want it plain, plain no, cruller. Really? Plain cruller. Really, Mister Maple Bar? That's what my grandma used to eat. Every argument the Vikings fans make about well we can't be the Packers because they have Aaron Rodgers I'm sorry your argument is invalid because the the Vikings brought in Kirk Cousins maybe not necessarily be a Hall of Famer but but to be what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now Kirk Cousins since he got here 26 22 and one and he's got to the playoffs one time in three years I mean yeah and people don't want to say well W's aren't just a quarterback stat well they're they're Pro Football Reference puts down the wins and losses for a quarterback. There's a reason they do it. If you have a difference maker at quarterback, Kirk Cousins would be a lot better than 26, 22, and 1, or whatever his record is. Ted Glover, when you watch Aaron Rodgers play, how many times during the course of this game do you say, man, our guy can't make that play? 
How many times? I, I don't. Uh, you know what? I'll keep track of it. I'll, I'll, do it, do it this week. I'll, I'll do a track. tally. No, he couldn't have done that. No, he couldn't have done that. No, he couldn't have done that. That's oh. the, that's the difference. That's that's the main difference right there. Contrast that whole thing with with Lafleur with Mike Zimmer. You know, he just gets excuse after excuse made and pass after pass. Well, this happened and that happened. Well, Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. The Packers missed the playoffs, and next year he got fired after Aaron Rodgers was healthy and they had all their guys back and whatever. He was still canned when the when the Packers didn't do well. See, that would have been that would have been a Mike Zimmer excuse year. Sure. But the Packers, oh well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming off injury and got new players on defense and he's trying to get used to his new receivers and well, we'll just give him one more year. I, you know, I'm sick of one team has excuses and one team just gets it done. And I'm sick of being the excuse team. I am done with it of being run over by them. We've got at least one more year of of whatever it is they're gonna do in the draft and However, they're going to assemble the team, so we just got to wait and see. Don't worry, I, Drew. If it all goes to hell, we'll just fire him at the end of the year. Why do I hear that so much? Why does that – that doesn't give me any good feeling. You know, I, I just – it just feels like the Vikings are delaying the inevitable. And, I, I, look, I want to be wrong. I, I want the Vikings to go 13-3 and next year and tear up the NFL. I'm just – the current direction and the current approach and the current vision, I just don't see 13-3 and next year. Mike Zimmer is our head coach. Rick Spielman is our general manager, so I am in full support. Get it done, guys. Go get it and be goddamn angry that, that the Packers keep winning the division every year. Get the, get the division back. Yeah. Come on, man. But he's like, okay, whatever. 7-9 is best we could have done. Status quo, we're not going to change anything in the front office. But we're going to magically be better. We're just going to sprinkle magic fairy football dust all over the organization. <laughs> and poof, 13-3. and three. All right, so is it time for – is it time for – Toots' trivia? It is, but you know what we like to have before Toots' trivia, Ted Glover? Got to do a commercial. You like the I, I, I like love the commercials. I love them. I want people to know out there, these commercials, we don't know what's coming at us usually. We don't. It's all from our great producer, Elizabeth. She finds these commercials, and she throws them out there, and we love them. Elizabeth, we love you, and thank you for all that you've done for us. We're going to have Toots' trivia right now, but we're going to go to the commercial, and we'll be back. This is high karate aftershave. If a man uses too much, he's asking for trouble and usually finds it because just one whiff drives women wild. Makes men irresistible. Fortunately, every pack of high karate contains indispensable instruction on self-defense. High karate aftershave. Be careful how you use it. Fran Tarkenton for Johnson's Baby Shampoo. You may recognize the face, Fran Tarkenton, but the hair, <laughs> this dirty even I don't recognize it. I've got a shampoo every day. That's a lot of shampooing. So I use this, Johnson's Baby Shampoo. It's gentle. When you shampoo as often as I do, it doesn't make sense to use anything harsh. Johnson's makes my hair look thick and healthy, but tomorrow it'll look like this again. Good thing Johnson's Baby Shampoo is gentle enough to use every day from Johnson & Johnson. Welcome to Toonses Trivia. Hello, Toonses. Hello, Toonses. Hello, hello. Today, we're going to be doing Family Feud. We're going to play the Fast Money Round. There we Ted go. We'll be going first. All right. All right, Ted. We have five questions. Top answers. You need to get to 200 points with Drew. Ready? Alrighty. Okay. All right, here we go. Name a sport. Some mothers hope their child never plays. Football. 
Name a state that has a lot of sports teams. California. Name a professional sport where the players make a lot of money. Baseball. Name an athlete who made the news for being involved in a big scandal. Kobe Bryant. Name an actor who started out as an athlete. Uh, uh, Bubba Smith. Okay. Let's see how you did. Uh, I'm not too sure about those last couple answers. Name a sport some mothers hope their child never plays. You said football. Survey said 34 points. Yes. Boom. Name a state that has a lot of sports teams. You said California. Survey said 30 points. Boom. Name a professional sport where the players make a lot of money. You said baseball. Survey said 27 points. Yes. Very good. Name an athlete who made the news for being involved in a big scandal. You said Kobe Bryant? Like a long time ago. Survey said? Uh, Sorry. Uh, All right. That hurts. <laughs> Name an actor who started out as an athlete. You said Bubba Smith. Survey said? Uh, <laughs> That's so bad. Let's see. You got a total of 91 points. All right. That's all right. Let's bring Drew back on. Drew, Ted got 91 points. Yes. Going, yes. You're going to need 109 points to win. No, I'm going to get 109. Okay, Drew, name a sport mothers hope their child never plays. Football. Guess again. Boxing. Name a state that has a lot of sports teams. Florida. Name a professional sport where the players make a lot of money. Baseball. Guess again. Football. Name an athlete who made the news for being involved in a big scandal. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Name an athlete or excuse me, name an actor who started out as an athlete. Ed Marinero. All right, Drew. <laughs> Shit, I should have said Fred Dreyer. <laughs> oh, Fred Dreyer would have been a good one. Name a sport some mothers hope their child never plays. You said boxing. And survey said? Eh. Number one answer was hockey. Damn it! Yeah. All right, I name know. a state that has a lot of sports teams. You said Florida. The survey said 18 points for that one. Did you say uh, California, Ted? I did, yes, yeah. He That's did. why I didn't. I thought he would. Okay. California and Florida have to be top two, man. Come on. Nope. Top answer on the board was New York. Name a professional sport where the players make a lot of money. Football. You said football. That was the number one answer. 29 points. Yes. 29, that's 138. All right, yes. and here's here's where it all goes down the toilet. Name an athlete. <laughs> Thanks. Name, name an athlete who made the news for being involved in a big scandal. You said Shoeless Joe Jackson. And the survey said, eh. 
How could that be? It was the Black wow. Sox, the World Series. He threw the World Series. What was number one? Number one was Lance Armstrong. And just for oh. fun, I'm going to give you the other ones too. Lance Armstrong, Tiger Woods, OJ, Gary oh. Bonds, oh, Mike duh. Tyson, Colin Kaepernick, Oscar Pistorius, and Michael Vick. Name an actor who started out as an athlete. You said Ed Marinero. I said Fred Dreyer. <laughs> well, either one would have been. Really? I who was no the top guy? The, last two. the Rock. Who? Oh, The Rock. The yeah. Rock. Ah, oh, dude, we Followed totally just at John this. Cena, Shaq, Bruce Lee, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Maybe not next week, but I want to re- I want to reboot this Family Feud and give me and Smitty another <laughs> shot at it because. We yeah, can we do better. We can do better. 138 is not acceptable in ter- our book. That's absolutely terrible. Maybe 139 points is just the best we could have done. <laughs> oh, you no, know, we'll just keep the status quo and we'll see how it goes next week. That's perfect. That's perfect. So that concludes trivia where we got smoked again this week. It is now time, Drew Bunting, for our pick segment. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It's our pick segment time. What's the score? I believe I'm still up two Dude. with three games to go. Ten playoff games, and you got nine right. I'm, I'm nine and one. Jeez. You're seven and three. We have a bet going. The loser has to sing the other school's fight song. If they, he's Ohio State, I'm Michigan, of course. And that's the bet. So we've got two games this weekend. It's, it's uh, championship Sunday. Because Drew is down two, I'll let him choose which game he wants to pick first. The Sunday game. Or I'm sorry, they're both they're both Sunday. My bad. 305 Eastern NFC game on Fox, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. The AFC game at 640 Eastern on CBS. The Bills at the Chiefs. Which game are you going to pick and who are you going to pick to win? I am going to pick the Sunday game and I'm going with Tom Brady. You're picking the Buccaneers in an upset. I am picking the Buccaneers in the biggest upset of the season. I I got to I mean, I, I hate to, but I I have to go. with. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Okay. You know, it's Monday, so we're picking this without knowing what's going on with the quarterbacks. Yeah, we have no idea what's going on with, with is Patrick Mahomes going to play or not. So we're recording this on Monday. It very well could be Chad Henney for the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills. I'm, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills. I don't want to give you my strategy as to why I'm picking the Buffalo Bills. I got to do it, man. I got to go. I got to go with the Chiefs just to try to make up ground. <laughs> This is really interesting. We got the face of the NFL, the face of the franchise, and the face of the NFL. You watch how quick the, quickly this concussion protocol changes this week. Oh, I you bet. watch. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same thing. It'll it'll be like uh, Ohio State all of a sudden getting eligible for the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> okay, that's well, it. That'll, that'll do it. So, uh, folks, again, uh, I I can't thank you guys enough for for watching and and and. and subscribing i mean we're at i think almost 280 subscribers now we've had thousands of views for every episode thanks again for all the people who watch and subscribe and like this show and we're always going to try to keep making it better we want to make it entertaining and we hope you enjoy it but we are always thankful that you tune in with us and that's about all we got for episode four so i will say good night to all you beautiful folks say good night ted good night ted